Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, guys. We're so excited to do this episode because it's so relevant to the way the world's going, isn't it? It is. So we are going to be talking about five keys to raising independent thinkers. And this is relevant. Why, Isaac? Well, it's because so many people believe simple things they say and they don't do research. And there's a naivety today uh, to Mm -hmm. really get the masses towards wrong belief, even Christians. Well, and I think as parents, don't we all, we want a, a, a fun life for our kids. We don't want them to be bogged down with the weight of this world. And sometimes because we love our kids so much, mm-hmm. we can, you know, make the mistake of over protecting or over um, sheltering our kids from the truth and the realities that are going on in the world. We don't tend to do that, but I know a lot of parents that struggle with that a lot um, to where their kids are just unaware of what's happening in the world. So then when they do step out into the world, it's such a stark difference that they don't know how to actually reconcile that in their mind and how to operate in a world that is so different from like the home and the world that their parents created for them, right? So just for example, suicide is massively higher than it used to be. It's the second leading cause of death to ages. I think it's seven to 14, and it's, um, uh, but it's it, rising. Rising, especially in the last six months. And yeah. so the question is, at you know, at some point, you're going to have to have a conversation with your kids about that. Right. And how many other topics are you going to have to have a conversation? You have to have a conversation about all the topics. All the topics. I mean, I even think about being um, quarantined, right? Like a lot of family are more quarantined than they've ever been before. Parents still need to find ways to work. And so kids are oftentimes, I've, I've seen this, I've heard of this, kids left unsupervised right with a video game or whatever and then eventually they find their way to pornography Mm -hmm. and they can become addicted to it and struggle with it right so obviously you need to have those conversations with your kids too you need to have um like systems set up to protect your kids but you also need to equip them right protecting them's not and preparing them for the world is actually equipping them with the tools they need to be able to fight against the evils attacks the enemy's attacks towards them you want to be the first one to introduce these topics to your kids because you're the god-authorized leaders of your kids lives while they're growing up well and you want to make sure that what's told to them is accurate i'm sorry i mean the reality is is like you you don't know what the other neighbor kid is going to tell your child. Like yeah. you don't know what's accurate, right? And there will be so, other leaders in their lives, of course. But oh, for sure. You should have that first point of contact with them about these tough sub- subjects and give them a biblical perspective on these things. Mm-hmm. And even beyond a biblical perspective, give them an understanding of why that's happening in the world, what's going on in the world. Talk about morals. Context. Yes. But then mm-hmm. you have to temper it, season it with no fear. Right. And that actually is only able to happen if you don't have fear as a parent, right? Like yeah. if you don't all of a sudden like get overly protective and not let your kids out. And what are we seeing rampant yeah. in culture today? 
just fear about all everything. kinds of things. Absolutely everything. And I think the enemy is using fear to divide us. Oh, on so many topics, you guys. So being independent thinkers. So let's, you know, I want, we're going to dive into that. But first, we just wanted to say thank you. Um, we are at exactly a year and a half of doing ministry. That's amazing. It hit me because today's actually our oldest daughter's 20th birthday. Yeah. And it's six months after January. So anyway, it just like dawned on me that we are at a year and a half of doing courageous parenting. And so we just wanted to say thank you to you guys because you've been a huge part of that. Um, And it's been encouraging. Like when we first set out, it was because honestly, like we've had both encouraging friendships with people, but Mm -hmm. also been discouraged as we've been parenting our kids in the world, right? Like Mm -hmm. putting kids in different sports and different activities and going, wow, I can't believe that these kids are so disrespectful to the coaches and they're, they're cursing at the kids and they're like nine. And I would say in some instances we've experienced that in some instances we've experienced amazing things with an amazing coach and amazing kids just depends on the situation. Right. But just being out and being active, you can see both within Mm -hmm. a team, right? Like you can, you see the, you see that. And it's just really sad. It's sad to me that parents, like kids talk to their parents the way they talk to them. And, and a lot of times I think that kids forget that parents have feelings too, that they're Mm -hmm. human too. And, um, and so we want to encourage you. You are the parents you're listening today. We want to encourage you. Um, we want to, part of encouraging is helping to give courage. Yeah. I love that, right? To help build up courage is to encourage. So the One Million Legacy Movement uh, is alive and well. We're super excited to be part of it. And what helps it is when you share on social media uh, mm-hmm. anything we're doing, um, Even the podcast. A, yeah, reviews, reviews on, iTunes on iTunes is huge. And all you have to do is tap to give a five-star mm-hmm. review on iTunes too. So, Or wherever you listen, there's probably a way to do it yeah. and share the message. So. We are so encouraged by that. Mm-hmm. You have a scripture to kick things off, I think. Okay, so we're going to talk about why it's important that our kids are independent thinkers, but we wanted to read from Romans chapter 1, verse 20 through 25 first, okay? So just bear with me here. Chapter 1, 20 says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts. Futile in their thoughts, you guys, is what we're talking about, being independent thinkers. being They became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like a corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanliness in the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped the sir and served the creator creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. There's so much in this passage that we could unpack. There's the danger of idolatry happening. There is. And And I got to tell you, like, this is one of the main triggers for Isaac and I is why we're talking about why it's so important that you raise your kids to be independent thinkers, that they're able to actually discern, that they can see these things, that they are able to go, hold on a second. Doesn't the Bible say that making an idol out of something's bad? 
And, and so when they see that someone is making an idol out of themselves or out of something else, right? Mm -hmm. They're able to discern that and go false teaching and walk away. Mm -hmm. And that's super important because you guys, parenting is a long game, but your kids are only with you 20% of their life. And mm -hmm. so you have to do your best to equip them because they're going to be exposed to all kinds of deception and lies. Yeah. Well, so, let's go into point number one, how to listen and ask questions. That is so important because oftentimes we're busy. We have our own agendas and mm -hmm. kids want to talk to us. And it's hard to decipher when it's just, you know, sometimes they say things that frankly aren't super important, right? They're just oh, saying, sometimes. they're, they're well, just especially talking. Especially depending on the age of the kid. Like yeah. if you're talking about older kids, that's obviously Different. a lot less. But sometimes <laughs> they're yeah. actually an opportunity to go deeper and there's always really that opportunity. And so I think it's as if we were to give a tip today, the first tip would be to slow down. Mm -hmm. and to really try and listen to what your kids are actually saying yeah. and what's behind what they're saying that tells you where they're at mm -hmm. so that you know how to take them to a deeper understanding of whatever you're talking about. Yeah, I would say that like if we were to group kids in like categories, there might be a different advice that I would give to parents of like really little kids, sure. right? So to help them to start thinking deeper, you as a parent have to listen to be able to know what questions to ask, yeah. right? But asking kids questions over and over again gets them in the habit of thinking deeper and going to the next question, right? Yeah. Because a question is really what takes you to your deeper thinking. And that's something that I've noticed that you've been really good at and that I kind of adopted over the years as a mom in the home with the kids, especially when they were little. Also not, and we teach this in the parenting mentor program, but a lot of parents get frustrated when their kids ask the question why. And I would say there's two different kinds of whys, mm -hmm. right? There's the defiant why that's like you're, you're asking them to pick up their room and they're like, why? And they're being defiant. Sure. And that's not the kind of why I'm talking about. I'm talking about why did God make water? Why, why is it raining mom? Or, oh man, like they, they oftentimes will ask these questions sometimes from even a selfish standpoint, right? Like maybe they wanted to go play outside and then it started raining. Why did this happen? And so it's important that we are not discouraging those questions, but we're actually digging into those questions deeper with our kids. And so if you've been the parent that's ever been discouraged with little kids going, I'm so annoyed. Why are they always asking why, 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 why? Well, I would just encourage you that that's a good thing. You have a, a, a child that actually has the ability to think in, deeper about Some, things. And sometimes, depending on your, how you're wired, your personality and so forth, you might just be a, a teller especially with your kids, because mm -hmm. I want to get to, I want to shortcut this because I got to get back focused on what I'm doing. And sometimes you need to be focused on what you're doing. Yeah. I get that. But you want to be less of a teller and more of a asker. And it really challenges people to think deeper. So if you, if you go, Hey, I know the answer. I, I think I have a good answer for that, but I'd love to hear your answer first. Right. That's just a great way to go. Wow. My parents do have wisdom. They're always going to be there for me to answer my questions, mm -hmm. but wow. My dad really wants to know what I think about that. And instead of just being the person that they just ask every question for, you're starting to get them to work that muscle to think for themselves mm -hmm. and still ask you questions. And I would say that this, what you're describing, can really start, I mean, it, you have to discern because 
cookie ages, you know, kids ages are not cookie cutter as far mm -hmm. as when they're capable to get to this point. But I would say like eight, nine, 10 years old, you're able to start doing this where you, you're role playing. We've talked yeah. about role playing a lot, but asking the kids questions and going, hey, what do you think? How could you have done that better? Oh, you're in a dis you're fighting with your sister or whatever. Like, yeah. why do you think she responded the way she did? Could you have done that better? Yeah. How could you have communicated better? See how instead of just telling them what they did over and over again, you're actually leading them to come up with the solution because people are more likely to do it if it's their idea. Now think fast forward when your kids are doing things with teachers, coaches, professors at college, whatever the situation, mm -hmm. bosses, um, and they're, they really look up to these people for various reasons, mm -hmm. which is great, but then they say something and do your, are your kids just automatically going to take it in because they have respect for that person mm -hmm. on a certain level, maybe an academic level or whatever? Mm -hmm. Or are they going to go have a like receive it and then decipher it and know if they need to question it? Mm -hmm. And that's really important. Yeah. And if they don't think for themselves when they're younger and you're cultivating that in them, a lot of times what we're seeing in society is a lot of people that take information that's shallow and, and not very deep and they just adopt it as truth when they hear it because it feels right right they go oh it just feels right that's actually a huge um conviction of a lot of people today do what you feel do what's right to you mm -hmm. live your truth versus live the truth mm -hmm. right and so and there's a huge difference like if you're a believer then you believe the whole bible you don't just cherry pick scriptures here and there because the Bible actually says in Revelation not to add to or take from the word of God or you'll Amen. be taken out of the book of life, meaning not saved, right? Like, and we don't get, we don't have to deal with that. Praise God. He's in no. charge of that. But we have another passage of scripture here that's in Colossians chapter two, verse eight. And this is another reason why this is such an important topic. Mm -hmm. And it's because there's a lot of deceit out there. So our kids need to be able to discern what is truth and what is deceit, Yeah. right? So here's here's chapter two, verse eight. It says, beware. So that means you're looking and you're being aware. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit mm -hmm. according to the tradition of men, according to basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. Mm -hmm. So this is, I mean, guys, we have to actually teach our kids that there is empty deceit. What are some examples of that? Well, you come across this stuff all the time with fake news. Fake news is literally everywhere. Yeah. And so I just think that it's important that people think for themselves and they go, oh, hold on a second. That accusation is being made against that person, for example, but that person's not even old enough to have been around. Mm -hmm. Like they need to think and go, that's that's laughable. Mm -hmm. That's so idiotic, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, but that, see how it took deductive thinking in my brain where I go, A plus B does not equal C in well, this Well, I think situation. there's a miss. I saw somebody in the public eye saying there's a, what's missing right now is simple logic. And logic exactly. is if this happens, then, then that, that happens, happens. And then yes. that happens. And then it causes this to happen. Right. And a lot of times there's a breakdown in the logic, but nobody... I shouldn't say nobody, but many people aren't thinking about where that breakdown is. Yeah. Instead, they're they're saying, well, this happened, so that happened. But what about yeah. the broken logic before that? Okay. Right. So it's really important to be uh, in, instilling thinking in your kids. In fact, mm -hmm. our kids 
learn logic, don't they, Annie? Yeah. I mean, our oldest four have all gone through multiple years of logic training, both traditional logic and then um, introductory and and deeper logic. And it's intense. I've done the curriculums with them and it's helped me to actually, it's it's actually enriched my reading of scripture. Mm. Um, and I just would encourage anyone who has an opportunity to read some books on thinking and thinking logically, because it really opens your eyes to connect the dots and yeah. to be, to connect the dots from the Bible to the world, yeah. to make it really relevant to today, which is what we're talking about today. It's often what we're talking about in the podcast. Yeah. Number two in our list of five keys to raising independent thinkers is to teach Teach them how to research, reason, and discern. So the first one was how to listen and ask, and now we're going to talk about how to research, reason, and discern. But you have some scripture for us. Yeah, Matthew 7, 15 um, says, you were quick there. Uh, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Okay, so it is so true, like all over the place. Mm -hmm. There's half-truths, a little biblical wisdom, and then make you feel good, and then you believe it. And yeah. if you're not in the Word of God, you are going to fall for false teaching, and your kids are as well. So you need to be diligent yourself. You need to understand, and what do we always want to research first? What does the Word of God actually say about this? Not just cherry-picking the Scripture that will validate it, mm -hmm. but taking the context of what the whole Bible is saying um, is important. So Right. And so another aspect. So when you're talking about how to teach your kids how to research, part of that is you're going to give them tools yeah. and show them how to use those tools, right? So a lot of times Internet is yeah. a tool that people use totally. to look things up. It's a great tool. But you need to be careful with mm -hmm. that tool, put boundaries around that tool, especially depending on the age. The younger the child, the more boundaries, right? Yeah. Um, but then also you're going to have to, if they're going to be on the internet, you have to have the conversations with them regarding pornography, um, sex trafficking, uh, predators, right? You're going to have to have those hard conversations because if you don't, then you have actually set your kids up for failure in the mm. sense of they could be in danger. Yeah, And so we have to be aware and teaching our kids, but using tools, not realizing that like the internet is an amoral thing. It's not mm -hmm. good or bad. It can be used for good or bad, oh, but yeah. we have to teach our kids how to use it properly. And part of that is showing them how we do, mm -hmm. right? Having accountability. You have to have accountability if you want your kids to. Um, and so valuing also the importance. On, on that real quick, yeah. you hit a really important topic. Right now, if you were to open your laptop and you opened your browser in the history and, and your kids knew how to look at everything in your laptop, would you feel comfortable with that? That's a great question, babe. Because I would feel comfortable with that. In fact, I do. There's many times the because kids our kids work it. with us, yeah. they have are use using it. my laptop mm -hmm. or they want to watch a movie on it when we're camping or whatever. Yep. And I'm not afraid of any notifications popping up. I'm not afraid of them using my yeah. browser, anything. Praise God. And so yeah. I think that is important because until you have that kind of integrity, um, it's hard for you to teach them. Yeah, that's true. So using the tools properly, showing them how to use them, showing them how to be careful themselves so that yeah. they're actually guarding their own mind and their own heart, especially the older that they get. Um, okay, so another aspect of teaching them how to reason and, and discern is actually teaching them how to um, 
how to diagnose or detect selfish motives in their own hearts as to why they're thinking what they're thinking, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Because isn't it true that a lot of times people's convictions or opinions or beliefs about things are actually just to validate their own personal convictions, which make them feel good? A lot of times it's selfishness. We are very self-preserving as beings. beings. So we have to acknowledge that. And I think Mm -hmm. it's good for your kids to experience and start to acknowledge, is this a self-preserving thing or is this truth? Is this make me feel good and validate uh, my resistance to, to, to something, to the truth of God? Or is this truth truth i need to be aware of right yeah and so we need to teach them how to um evaluate if they have selfish motives as to why they're believing the thing that they're thinking or if it's actually based upon truth is what so how do you do that saying. how do you do that with younger kids as kids grow up pointing out when they're being selfish yeah. you now i'm not i'm this is the thing also pointing out when you're being selfish mm-hmm. and apologizing like it's both <clears throat> things it's it's recognizing okay so asking questions so that they go oh yeah i'm just being selfish right where like with little kids you have the conversation so why did you steal that popsicle from your brother you already had one mm-hmm. oh because i wanted one well was that selfish you know like having those con- why are you not sharing mm-hmm. like it starts at that level but then as the kids grow older to go okay so what what you're just asking the question what is it that's in your heart buddy mm-hmm. hey hun what's going on why are, why are you fighting this is it because you're really not wanting to admit that you're wrong because that's selfish like yeah. it's your pride yeah. like see how we're using biblical vocabulary and i know i just put out a term that maybe you've heard a couple times we go in depth on biblical vocabulary in the very first Facebook Live of the Courageous Parenting Mentor Program, um, where we actually talk a lot about what is a biblical vocabulary and give you guys some tools. Um, But it's really important that you're raising your kids from the time that they're little with a biblical vocabulary. That helps to build the biblical worldview, right? And speaking of the Parenting Mentor Program, just take a moment here. We would love to have you join us. I think it's almost 500 couples that have gone through the Parenting Mentor Program already, Mm -hmm. and we're getting absolute raise reviews praise God because he was all over inspiring us to do this and giving us help and doing this and so forth and it really is the biblical truth our experience raising eight kids ages Mm -hmm. two to 20 now (laughs) yeah (laughs) and uh, we have four teenagers Mm -hmm. right now just about right 12 actually yeah five if you can't five if you can't look (laughs) 12 you count 12 as a teenager you're almost there a teenager yeah Yeah. so and all in between and one's Mm -hmm. an adult um I would say our 17-year-old's an adult too. Yeah, I mean, we really have two. So anyways, enough of that about that. But we yeah. take all that experience and all the books we've read over the years and we distilled it down to a really a blueprint of getting the wisdom you need mm-hmm. to help you make your own decisions. And you're not going to follow everything precisely. No family's the same, but yeah. it helps you to think about things and it helps you to be aware and how to equip your kids to yeah. be strong in this uncertain world. I would say that you just, I mean, we're talking about independent deep thinkers here in this podcast. And that's actually one of the things that I love the most about the Courageous Parenting Program is that we've put in so many assessment questions in those parenting packets. And 
um, during the Q&A time in the Facebook Lives, parents are asking deeper questions. Oh, yeah. They can and ask so us anything. And so what's awesome is that there's like really deep questions, forcing other people to actually think about and discuss the hard topics that sometimes you don't really talk about as mm-hmm. a married couple that you need to talk about. Yeah. And that's what I love is that it's not we're we're not giving you a recipe. We're not giving you an equation because guess what? You can't save your kids. Only right. God can. But we are giving you guided questions, topics you need to discuss, encouragement to do the hard things, um, all you know, all of that. And so I just really want to encourage you guys to check that out at CourageousParenting.com, yeah. right? Okay, so let's continue on. So we just talked about how to listen and ask good questions, yeah. both you as a parent, but also teaching your kids to do that. Mm-hmm. We talked about teaching them how to research, reason, and discern. And before we jump into the third thing, I thought it would be really awesome if you shared a little bit about Socratic learning because that's oh. something we've done with our kids, and I know that you always oh, get it's excited huge. about so, it. So the, the, a lot of times, and this isn't always the case, but in traditional education, which can be good, and mm-hmm. you know, if you're doing that, that's totally fine. Yeah, It's just that you want to make sure you're having deep conversations with them when they get home to know what they learned that's good and know what they've been influenced by that maybe doesn't align with biblical truth or things like that. Yeah. That's it. You that's just the have only to thing. correct that and teach so, them. So yep. we're not against um, formal education but uh, tradition in a traditional way, but a lot of times it's the teacher for most of the class period talking to the students. Mm-hmm. And what we have experienced is getting kids together and discussing what they've already learned. And that's the Socratic dialogue where um, they're talking about what they learned and discussing it and debating it. Right. And, go, and one kid yep. goes up to the board and, t- and leads something and then the other yep. kids talk about it. And, and what we've experienced from that is a much um, richer learning experience where they actually remember it much more because they're part of the learning process they're discussing it and they're contemplating it and they're talking about really big deep things like i even think about like they read to kill a mockingbird and they the witch from blackbird pond and you know then there's they also are reading literature like jane austen's pride and prejudice and and they're dealing with like moral issues and discussing it among themselves with other kids that are their age that's like and you'd be surprised massively different opinions on things even within the christian community and it's been good for the kids to have to actually defend what they believe and why figure out what they believe and yeah. why and be able to talk about that both from a biblical perspective but also just using logic and not even bringing the bible into it and which is a, really really important talk about accountability of making sure you understand things before class oh yeah because if you, know you know you're, you're gonna, gonna have, have to discuss, discuss it. it and some t- tutors even have the rule of like you can't discuss unless you've done the homework yeah. so it's kind of like um so yeah. so so we homeschool but we have a hybrid version like of homeschooling, co-op, yeah. co-ops and mm-hmm. different things we do. So so anyway, the point is, is that you, you could do this at home even if you didn't do the co-op by yeah. having these deep discussions with your kids about That's what right. they are reading and what they're learning and they're discussing, right? The point is, is that they're actually engaging with the material, the concepts, the things they're being taught. They're thinking through it deeply and going, is this truth or is this a lie? Is this deceit? And if it's truth, what is how does that change how my worldview is affected right because remember it's so, not it's not the knowledge that is important although it is important but what's most important is do they know how to learn mm-hmm. and are you connecting uh, are they making connections in their brain that create this independent thinking yeah. and strength right right and so I, I have another scripture here for you guys it's in first John chapter 4 verse 1 which says let's see here. 
Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone into the world. And then it just can, I would encourage you actually to read more because it talks about the Antichrist and the flesh and every spirit that doesn't confess Jesus Christ as yeah. Lord. And it's, this is really an important passage. And it says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So I, I'm sharing that little that little passage there with you as well, which is verse four, because a lot of times parents can become overwhelmed and get scared. Mm -hmm. And they, because the reality is, is that this exists in the world today. Yeah. There are false teachers. There are wolves. There are people that are teaching half truths, half gospels, and they're leading people astray yeah. into sin, actually advocating for sin. That's mm -hmm. going to put them in deeper bondage. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I even think of Matthew where it says um, it would be better for like do, for someone who leads a little one astray to have a millstone tied around their neck and be thrown to the depths of the sea. We're talking about raising kids yeah. here. It is important that we are teaching them the truth and not false truths and not leading them into sin. Um, and so mm -hmm. I, I just want to encourage you guys. These are the things that you need to be talking to your kids about. You need to teach them how to research, teach yeah. them how to reason, but teach them how to discern, which means you actually have to teach them that there is an enemy, yeah. that there are people out there who are not for you. Yeah. Okay. And we're seeing this even more now than ever oh, yeah. all over social media. It's such a toxic place. Mm -hmm. People are not for people. No. A lot of times. And I mean, feminism is like anti-men, right? They're, one of their mottos is the the future is women, right? By the and way, so if, you take, like, if you take the dictionary definition of feminism, I'm all for it. Oh, it's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But the, the way feminism is being depicted in society right now How it's being is used. actually yeah. against men. It's, de it's just... It, Which... It's really sad I don't think that's productive. What it is doing is it's actually... There's a lot of things this is happening to actually in our world today, and we need to be aware of it. Imagine being a kid and being ashamed that you're a boy mm -hmm. because you're being raised by people who hate men. Mm -hmm. That should be considered illegal. Yeah. <laughs> like that is dangerous. Imagine yeah. the identity of the kid. Imagine any kid, like everyone is made in God's image. Amen. But if they're raised in a home that is ashamed of any way that they are created, Everybody's just equal in value, made in God's image. It destroys a kid's confidence and yeah. esteem. It just makes me mad, actually. But um, So we just need to be careful. So number three is model it. This is an easy one. We've got to model it. You have to. We've already talked about this a bit. But um, you, they have to see you discussing things. Do, do you discuss things in your marriage in front of them? Ideas, concepts, things happening in the world mm -hmm. uh, where they see deep thinking. Um, you know, uh, I know that you, you do that, right? You're... You're talking about different things and mm -hmm. I'm jumping in or I'm talking about different things. You're jumping in all the time, right? So I mean, yeah, a, lo a lot of it when we are talking about modeling deep thinking, it means that you actually are valuing one another as a spouse to help each other have the time to actually read, yeah. to be challenged in your thinking, to discuss things, to not just like you guys, if you go out on a date night, and you don't have something to talk about right now. What is going on? Can I just say what is going on? There is so much happening in our world. You guys have so much you should be able to talk about to challenge each other in your thinking. The Bible is like, I mean, we're constantly, I feel like we don't ever get enough time to talk about this. Oh, I know. We're always talking and, and we're encouraging each other and even exhorting each other. In fact, right. you exhorted me last night and I was really, really appreciative of it. 
you know, we at were, first, we're I mean, it's not always and, like super appreciative at first. I know that sometimes yeah. my, my flesh can be like, Hey, hold on a second. I, I don't like that. Right. Because yeah. your pride sets in a little bit and you hang on. Yeah. I know I've done that, but in, then when you soften up and you go, no, they, they're for me. They're not against me. That's my team member. We all have blind and spots. So, and if totally. your spouse can't call out a blind spot, yeah. then who can't? Amen. And so you guys, there are deep things that you got to talk about. Sometimes you have to be reminded of what your worldview of your friends should be, what your worldview of the church should be, what your worldview of society should be. So are you modeling taking feedback from others? Are you modeling accountability? Are you modeling mm -hmm. deep thinking? Are you modeling reading in front of your kids? Mm -hmm. Do they see that? You know, super. Or are you a hypocrite? Because if you aren't doing these things, the opposite is a hypocrite. And we know that your kids are not going to want to follow your leadership or get your advice or have deep conversations with you, which is what you really want. They're not going to do that if they think that you're a hypocrite. So, Ro so, so Romans 16, 17 through 18. Now I urge you, brother, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but mm -hmm. their own belly by the smooth words, flattering speech, deceive the hearts of the simple. Okay, super, super important. So this is the reason why we, I mean, obviously this scripture kind of goes more with point two about discerning, right? Mm -hmm. Because our kids need to discern these, these types of people. But at the same time, it does go with three regarding modeling it because we have to discern and we have to be willing to make boundaries in relationships sometimes if there's a bad influence or there's just not like-mindedness. We have to... Um, I remember our son deciding this on his own in a situation where right. it's like, you know, I'm not seeing the fruit. I tried, tried to be a light. He's being a bad influence. Fruit, he's constantly And then I had to, me. you know, create some distance. And yeah. I just think it's important to um, encourage your kids, teach your kids, model it, and then they will live mm -hmm. it out. And yeah. point four is value their thoughts and perspectives, even if they're different than exactly how you see things. So obviously people are thinking, oh, this is more of like a teenager thing, but it's actually not. Can mm -hmm. I just say it's actually not? So it starts out when you have the two-year-old and you go, oh, what do you think about this? Do you like this book? Do you like this food? Do you like, see how you're valuing them? You're asking them questions and their perspectives and you go, oh, you really don't like strawberries? I love strawberries. See how you can disagree, but you can still be loving to them mm -hmm. and go, but I can understand that you wouldn't like strawberries and you value it. Mm -hmm. You go, that's okay. Mm -hmm. What do you like? And they're like, I like blueberries. And you go, oh, I don't really like blue. So it, it starts out when kids are little and then it moves into when they're like in those in between years, right? Like like seven, six, seven years old mm -hmm. to like 12 years old where you're starting to really go, hey, good, good idea, buddy. Mm -hmm. And then like if you go, hey, guys, what do you want to do as a family today? Right? And all the teenagers might have ideas or, um, but hey, you go, hey, to the nine-year-old, what, what do you think we should do today? And then you make it happen. That Then all of a sudden they're like, whoa, they value my opinion. Mm -hmm. They liked my idea. And they grow a little bit in confidence. Yeah. Do you see that? Oh, yeah. Or like when we're talking about a passage of scripture during family Bible time, mm -hmm. right? And you go, okay, what do you guys think of that? And some people have more um, gregarious personalities. They're just going to pop up with their mm -hmm. own things. But you notice that that kid right there that tends to be more quiet yeah. needs to be drawn out and go, hey, so-and-so. What do you think about that? See yeah. how you're valuing their perspective on that passage of scripture that you just read. Yeah. And then you can validate it even more by going, wow, that 
that really is good insight. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you a million times that I've been encouraged by my kids' insights and scripture and the truth that they've shared. Totally. And so if oh, you're yeah. not learning from your kids, you're missing out. You are totally missing out. Have faith like a child, Jesus said. Yes. Let the children come to me, right? So another aspect to this of valuing their thoughts and perspectives is being a good listener, mm-hmm. listening to them, um, but also being patient in your understanding and, and getting that, you know what, they're younger than you. They don't have as many things figured out, right? Mm-hmm. So you let them figure things out, right? So sometimes your kid might have a different perspective on something, right? And, mm-hmm. and you can go, okay, well, I believe what I believe because of this. And you show them what you believe in scripture. And if they still are like, you know what, I just disagree. Well, go, okay, yeah. you go ahead and I would say yeah. there's 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 some of our teenagers that have a slight difference opinion about COVID and what's going on than uh-huh. I do. Right. And we love talking about mm-hmm. it. We don't get heated, but nope. we have we have our different perspectives. By no means do we like lord over our kids or expect them to have the same beliefs as us at all. Actually, yeah. when it comes to the like, those you know kinds what I mean? of things. Yeah. It's like well really anything like we want them yeah. to have their own beliefs we want totally. them to have their own faith that's why we've always raised them to be independent thinkers to yeah. take on their own faith right but what happens when you're doing that and you're proactively encouraging them and you're being patient with them i find that more times than not they tend to come around if you're reasonable in your conviction too now if you're like extreme in one thing right yeah then they might not yeah who wants to thing. come back to an unreasonable person and talk about it again. No, no, no. You've got to stay reasonable the yeah. whole time and to have grace with one another, right? Well, this reminds me, I just wanted to share a story when our oldest was just turned 16. She really had a perspective. She was interested in law school. Yep. Very academic. Still she, interested in law school. Still, yep. yeah. Very mm-hmm. academic and read voraciously. Very smart. Mm-hmm. And we always knew that she would probably be on a college track, not because we're pushing yeah. college, but because yeah. she just loves to learn and all that. Right. And so we're always encouraging of, of what she felt called to do. And she goes, well, there's this Stanford Law and Trial thing at Stanford it's this like summer. like a 10-day program. 10-day program on the program. Stanford campus. Remember. And uh, guys and girls and... Um, living in dorms. Living in dorms and people, not a faith-based thing, obviously. Yep. And so just just a totally different thing out in the world. And, mm-hmm. um, and so we listened, right? Mm-hmm. Did I have a little moment of, oh, is she that old already? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <I'm> sure. <laughs> Especially for your first. Right, yeah. and, but then I, I, I held it back and I'm like, I'm just listening. And sometimes we need to put or moments of fear aside mm-hmm. and listen. And then I was reminded really quickly of like, no, she's prepared for this. She's an independent <clears throat> thinker. This is what we've, why we've raised them to be independent thinkers. So we don't have to fear and they can go do things and impact in the world mm-hmm. even before they're out of our homes. Right. And so that was the whole perspective. And so then we got excited about it. She raised money for it mm-hmm. and she went, and she went and it was eye opening. On a lot of levels. On a lot of levels. I mean, honestly, you guys, she came back with more of an appreciation for our family <laughs> and for how she was raised, which was a huge blessing because she was hearing countless stories where people were so these sad. Kids just don't have good relationships with their parents, and like she would meet people who said they were Christian, but then they were living in sin or not. Um, they they actually weren't a believer. Like if she would ask them personal questions about their faith they couldn't answer them because it was, oh, well, I just grew up going to the church with my grandma every once in a while. And, and she received some persecution. There, most yeah. people saw things differently than her. Um, and yeah. she stood her ground and she was able to be articulate 
and she got into and, some really and, good and conversations about earn their abortion. respect, earn the yeah. respect of people that saw things differently. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she did very well. And so I just, uh, I was really, you know, that's, you know, that's what you want. You want your kids to be so strong in, in what they believe in the word yeah. and strong in relationship with God and understanding the ways of the world and being a good independent thinker mm-hmm. by age 15, 16. That you can trust them to go do those things, right? Yeah. And I know that for us, like there was a point where um, something happened on the campus that she was really nervous about, and a lot of parents were bringing their kids home, right? Oh, right. And she was like, "Hey, are you guys going to bring me home, right?" And we're like, "Well, actually, we what trust you, you. What do you think?" And she was like, "What? I think like, I'm okay. Do you okay. think you're safe? Yeah. Okay. Well, then you can stay. Really? Okay. And we're like, all right." The moment you don't feel safe, we will come get you. Yeah. If you want us to, like we, you yeah. know, and for her to have that trust, it was so empowering to her. It was empowering for our relationship with her because she was not expecting that. She had not been put in a situation yet like that. Yeah. That was that intense. And so, you guys, I just want to encourage you that you have to trust God with your kids. You can't. You know. you, you, you just have to. But this isn't a prescription for you to go let your kids do whatever. No. You have to no. know your unique kid. Yep. Vet out the situation. Listen to God. Oh, yeah. Make your own decisions. 100%. Okay, so the fifth and final key to raising independent thinkers is preparing them and equipping them with a biblical worldview and paradigm. And a lot of times people, they they know where we're going to go with this, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to they think we're going to read from Romans 12, but we expect that you have that scripture memorized because we've talked about that so many times <laughs> in this podcast. We're actually going to read from 2 Timothy 4 and 1 Corinthians 2 in a second. So if you want to flip with us, you can. Um, And I just want to encourage you that this really comes down to what your purpose in life is. So if you're raising your kids with them having an understanding of what their purpose in life is, then this drastically changes everything Mm -hmm. for their deep thinking process, right? Mm -hmm. Because if it comes back to a selfless love God, love others, great commission, because that's eternal salvation, Mm -hmm. It changes the way you look at everything, actually. Mm -hmm. And so for us, teaching your kids to be able to detect their own issues that they're struggling with, Mm -hmm. right? Their own heart attitudes and all the things, to be honest about that, to repent to God, Mm -hmm. right? To If they need help, ask for accountability. It changes things, Mm -hmm. right? And if they're aware of those things, when they're thinking about a specific topic, they're more likely to think more biblically versus selfishly or fleshly, right? So 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 through 4, I'm actually going to start at 2. It says, preach the word. Preach the word. So not only should you preach the word to your kids, but you should preach it in the word world. And your kids should also be preaching the word if they are believers, right? Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. So all the time convince you have to convince people rebuke Mm -hmm. you have to rebuke people exhort you have to exhort people with all long suffering and teaching for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine that time has come Mm -hmm. people are not enduring sound doctrine we are here people but according to their own desires they're they're picking theologies and philosophies and movements desires? that that fit their desires so that they don't have to change out of their sin mm-hmm. so they can continue in their bondage because they have itching ears mm-hmm. they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables so l- l- itching ears for what matches the mm-hmm. way they want to be mm-hmm. versus 
uh, orientating their life to the way God wants them to be mm-hmm. that matches the Bible. That's right. And it says, continues, it just says, be, but you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. Mm-hmm. Guys, we are all in ministry for parents. Yeah. We need to endure. We need to fulfill the ministry that God set before us. We need to evangelize. Mm-hmm. We need to teach. That's teaching, discipling your kids in the word. That's we, what he's calling us and to you do. You want your kids to love God so much that they want to obey him. It's a, out of love. It's not totally. so much out of a discipline. We can only be disciplined so far, mm-hmm. but it's out of a love for God and the Holy Spirit being active and present in us, calling us mm-hmm. forward to obedience, to live a life that is fruitful. Mm-hmm. So we're going to read from 1 Corinthians 2, 12 next. Um, But before Isaac jumps into that scripture, I just want to encourage you guys that we get that there is a lot of discouraging things out there and that sometimes like you can be even going to a church and not know who who believes what sitting next to you in a pew. You may not even know how the pastor of your church is, what they believe on certain doctrinal issues or how they're parenting, right? So you have to lead yourself You have to be an independent thinker and know what you believe with a biblical worldview for you. You're responsible for your own faith. Nobody else's. Nobody else takes credit for that. That's on you. And you got to teach that same truth to your kids while also being responsible for them as their parents. And I'd also say, look for people who you can see the fruit and you want the same fruit. Follow those kinds of people. Mm And here's the scripture. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. You have to have the spirit to know the things. That's right. So you guys, we are praying for you that you experience the spirit, that you have that you have this intimate connection with God through prayer, through reading his word, where his spirit just overcomes you, overtakes you, and is able to open your eyes so you can connect the dots and how a biblical worldview is changing your perspective on things in the world. And I would just challenge you. Here's your courageous parenting challenge at the end of the podcast. Talk about the hard things with your kids. Talk about the hard things with your husband, if you're a wife, (laughs) and, you know, vice versa. And don't be afraid to speak truth when you see false lies, half truths, half gospels. Amen. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.